Guys presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wise real A study on Hell yeah, so um, once again, welcome to episode 146 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host today, Mr. Jacob Pixon, and to my left is the most delicious man on the internet, <laughs> Mr. Art Trejo. Art, you want to say hello to the millions? Millions. What's up, guys? I uh, just want to start by saying thank you to Caveman Coffee, the most delicious coffee in the universe. <laughs> um, if you don't want to go to the stores right now, which I totally understand, you're probably quarantined, you probably don't want to leave your home just go online buy it get yourself a hoodie get yourself some cocoa butter while you're there it's 15 percent off if you use code america at checkout so and that should cover your next day shipping yeah and you you don't want to be in a store right now nah get out of there it's it's madness <laughs> right now it's it's what, what it says this the snake that's eating its own tail what was the name of that ouroboros yes yeah, so ouroboros <laughs> so that all that panic buying is just creating a bigger pandemic than the real pandemic out there so oh. Um, if you're a coffee addict, just like myself, who needs a whole pot of coffee just to function in the morning, um, head over to Caveman Coffee, type in that promo code, and they'll ship that shit out directly to you. So with that said, Art, do you want to introduce our very special guest today? Today we have Tara Lopez from Rituals of Mine, um, one of my favorite artists. I was just introducing you a few minutes ago before <laughs> everything went haywire, but amazing artist, amazing musician. I've you know, been a fan since Sister Crayon so many years ago. You're outspoken politically. Your music's amazing. And uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you. That, that was like such a nice intro. Mm. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Also, I'm going to try that coffee because yep. I am a caffeine addict. Oh, I see eye to eye with you right there. Like I, I'm in the <laughs> worst mood in the morning. Like if I don't have some kind of caffeine and, um, oh, yeah. I personally drink the nitro cold brew, which is, which I gave one of my coworkers a can, you know, when we first got our first shipment of it. And he was just like, dude, I think I need to go home. I feel like I'm having a heart attack right now. So just to forewarn you right there, you might just want to get the regular stuff. I don't it's know. It's like triple shot. I don't drink I mean, I don't drink the nitro cold brew cause I just have all this crazy anxiety. So I drink the decaf. Which is still available on their web store, so yeah, I highly recommend <laughs> that one. <laughs> but anyways, um, we actually mentioned you on an episode we did a while back with uh, Donnie Phillips. I don't know if you you know do you know Donnie Phillips? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, of course. So Donnie Phillips is on the podcast one time, and we we're just going through some album covers that he had worked on, and then I was like, "Oh, crazy! You did the Rituals of Mine one." I was like, so we kind of went down that wormhole for a while, but so. <laughs> It's been a long time coming this episode, I think. But, you know, it's kind of a weird, weird time. We're in the middle of this coronavirus outbreak. And it was just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would. I feel like it would be irresponsible if we didn't touch on that. That seems to be the topic on everyone's minds. I know you, you just, today, right, you did a uh, 
uh, a live stream discussing uh, musicians, like what they're going through right now? Yeah, we did a virtual panel. It was my first time I've ever done that. Um, and we kind of just had 20 musicians, um, you know, just join. And we kind of shared what we were going through, our anxieties, and also um, trying to help each other, like bring resources to the front for artists, um, routines, things that have been helping us during this strange time. So, um, you know, it was really helpful being on the phone and, and connecting with folks. And it's helpful now, like doing mm-hmm. this podcast with you all, cause it's, it's, you know, isolating of course. So it's good to connect with, with individuals. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I can relate to that. I remember uh, when I was a kid during like summer vacation, my mom was like super overprotective. So uh, self-quarantine is something like I'm very used to. So like I would go the whole <laughs> summer just living in my bedroom, you know, just listening to music, watching MTV, recording stuff off the radio or whatnot. And so like I'm, I'm totally used to this. Like I'm right at home. But at the same time, you, you, you lose some of that social aspect. Like I remember always the first day of school was like the biggest like shot of anxiety because it was just like, learning how to talk English again, <laughs> you know, yeah. just like yeah. how to interact like, Oh, hi, like very robotic and whatnot. I, so I have been staying home watching like terrible horror movies, like Birdemic. Like, no, that's a great horror movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched uh, Chernobyl diaries today. I was like, Oh God, it's so bad. The acting's terrible, mm-hmm. but it just, it's such a like cheesy popcorn, like horror movie that I'm like, yes, this brings me back <laughs> to my childhood. Um, but you know, this, this totally, you know, you're an artist that depends probably a lot on touring. I don't know. I don't know what your financial situation is, but I assume an artist depends a lot on touring and merch as like their number one source of income. And yeah. I'm sure anytime that, you know, a tour has to stop, I, I was just talking to this other band, um, uh, slow mass. I don't know if you know who they are, but they were, you know, they have to cancel a tour. They're going back. So it's directly affecting a lot of musicians that, you know, unless you're Justin Timberlake or something like that. Yeah. Um, then you you probably don't need the tour. You can probably like chill back and take this one off, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but I, I think the, the average Joe and, and not just musicians in general, but you know, you're from the Bay area, correct? I'm from Sacramento, but I have lived in Oakland for years. I live in LA now, but oh. a very much like Northern California for sure. And that's an area that's totally affected. I'm sure you know a lot of people that are in quarantine yeah. right now and lockdown. Yeah, like that. Yeah, my bandmate actually um in our rehearsal space is in Oakland and so it is really weird like not seeing each other and not being able to really interact with a lot of my best friends who live out there. It's just a strange time. It's it's very wild. But yeah, I think um you know, on the touring front, I mean, just personally, I know so many people who are freaking out. They've lost all of their income. Mm-hmm. I'm a very fortunate person. I have a day job. I'm a music publicist for a company that really takes care of their employees, Terrorbird Media. And I honestly wouldn't know what I would do without um, without this company because, I mean, all of our income for rituals right now has been canceled. And wow. I don't. I don't know when it's going to, you know, ramp back up. I'm hoping by the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, that's so long, you know. So um, usually if you're an artist, a developing artist, an independent artist, everything that you do is fueled by the shows that you have lined up. And that's how you're able to kind of take the next step. So if you wipe all that away, 
it, it's pretty much gone. So it's, um, it's a very sobering time right now and trying to stay positive, trying to, my mind immediately, how I work is I want to fix the problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's always my personality has always been that. So I'm, you know, I wanted to do that panel today so that I could hear from musicians, like exactly what, what they're struggling with. So then that way I could go, I don't know, to maybe Gavin Newsom, for instance, out in mm-hmm. California and like talk to him one-on-one and let him know like, Hey, like you need to help artists. Yeah. So we'll see. How did that panel go by the way? It was, it looks super <laughs> interesting. I, I saw it. I was like, I started following them, their web, their uh, Instagram page. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. This is, it seems like you're really involved in a lot of like really important things that are like, Someone like myself, I try to stay as woke as possible, but like there's only so much like, you know, I can do between watching Chernobyl diaries and going on the internet. Uh, but <laughs> like, but uh, it's, it's always fun because like you, you seem like such an artistic person, yet you're so involved in like, uh, you know, women's rights or, you know, uh, gay rights, all, all these things that you're just like super involved in it. Like it like motivates me to become like, I don't know, more politically involved, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, thank you. That's like seriously the greatest compliment because that's what you hope for is just to kind of lead by example. I don't know. I don't really know why I started as a little kid. I became obsessed with like the civil rights movement when I was like four or five years old, which I was a weird, weird kid. Um, But I remember being so obsessed and, and so angry that anyone would be denied their rights. And so I remember being little and like, just kind of becoming obsessed with social justice and like trying to do as much as I can. And and I've always said, whether it was music or art or any kind of platform, I always want to use whatever platform I have to, to talk about the things, you know, politically that I'm passionate about to try to speak for those who maybe don't have a platform. So it's definitely, it's something where, like, I don't know how to not do, and I don't know how to separate it. And I don't think I would want to, because everything that I fight for, is, like, I live, you know? Like, I, I am a woman, I am gay, I am a woman of color, and it's not that I only want to fight for issues that I'm involved in, or am, but I just think it's really important that if you have a voice, and if you have a platform to to do the work mm-hmm. I, I don't know that's how i uh i don't know that's just how i've always thought that's really cool like i have two older sisters um and they're they're very like empowering women like you know they're 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 i don't know it's it's so weird because i was basically raised by my mom my dad was always in my life but my two older sisters are really the ones that raised me so i have you know, women's rights have always been like on the forefront, which has always been a weird thing for me, you know, cause uh, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm hanging out with my boys, I'm trying to be cool. But, and then at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, you know, it, it's always been difficult to like express those things. I know recently you had that project, the, um, I believe it's called what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And like, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen just because I think for the average guy, you know, they don't know what that experience is like of, it was catcalling, correct? Like, just like, Mm -hmm. that that situation was just something that, you know, I I don't think the average guy understands it, like, doesn't know what it it puts into the mind of, you know, maybe younger women, women, you know, 
you know, high school age women, the, the seed that it plants in, in, in that woman's mind. Um, and, and I thought that was like a really like interesting project, like really, really like kind of important project because I don't think guys get that until mm-hmm. like you actually put yourself in that position. So I thought that was, that was such a like powerful, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know the work of art I want to say it was, but like, you know, I'm blinking out like a statement, I guess. It was such a powerful statement to, to see that. To create empathy, basically. Yeah. yeah, like to see through other people's eyes. Because I think as a society, that's like one of our biggest flaws as people. Like we, me and Art, we agree a lot on certain items. And so, you know, walking away from a conversation with him, like it's just like, oh, okay, the world's okay. And then I might go to the gym or I might go to the, or I might go to work or I might run into somebody at, you know, you know, the store and their views are completely opposite. And it's just like, well, how do I get them to see through my eyes? And I think that's what that does right there where I've, I've seen that, you know, where, you know, it puts, you know, men, you know, in an empathize empathetic i guess is that a word is that the word yeah (laughs) empathetic word (laughs) sorry it's one of those anxiety things i can't (laughs) i can't speak english anymore (laughs) i I honestly i mean thank you so much that that's honestly why i created it because i i when i was younger i would passionately fight and protest for what i believed in and sometimes that that would lead to um altercations uh because that's just what I knew. I was passionate about it. And as I get, uh, you know, older, I realize that's not the way that I want to go about things. I think the way that I know that people will understand and finally get it is if they experience it themselves. And so that was the idea was, okay, I really want men to understand what it is like to be a female presenting person in society. So how can I make that happen? And I've just, you know, it became very apparent very quickly that if they were to experience what we experience, you know, on a daily basis, even Mm. if they only experience it for like 20 seconds, it'll resonate and it'll at least make men think twice before they do something or say something. And I'm really pleased with the results of it. I think we've had some incredible stories of, of folks like really coming in. I remember like uh, one guy, I was uh, presenting at the Democratic Convention, and this guy was super combative at first. It was just kind of a naysayer, and I can get pretty combative as well, <laughs> um, and and just was like, all right, if you feel this strongly about it, then there's no harm in going and experiencing it. You know, I'm not trying to change your mind. Just go in and experience it yourself. Let me know how you feel afterwards. And it was crazy because he was only in there for like 30, 35 seconds, and he came out with a completely different tone Mm -hmm. and that's when I knew like okay this is working this will work and so it's something that I feel honestly the most fulfilled doing more so than music even because it's bigger than me music has always been um, a source of therapy for me it's very personal I know I love that it helps other people as well but this project specifically is not about me it's about you know it's for other people and so with that comes the greatest fulfillment because that's all that I've ever wanted to do with anything that I do is like truly help others and so it's definitely um you know something I really want to continue building 
I know Art and I, um, we've, we say it like probably every other episode, but we had a you know strong role model growing up um, and one of our teachers, uh, Miss Waddell, um, who kind of, you know, helped guide us politically and just intellectually like that. Um, did you have any, um, you know, role models like that when you were um, growing up? You said you at four or five years old, that's when you started becoming <laughs> socially aware. So I'm yeah. assuming there was. I mean, you know, it was weird. I grew up in a really crazy kind of traumatic um, uh like tumultuous childhood not to say like my mother is amazing I and my and my brother is amazing but a really unstable childhood and so I because of that I uh, went to books like I looked to books to escape Mm -hmm. and I remember um, when I was like four or five teaching myself how to read and reading a book on Martin Luther King Jr. and that's what Mm. got me into um, you know social justice and civil rights And I became obsessed with him, like obsessed, like wanted to know every single detail about this guy. And I would say more so than any other role model, I think it would be him because I really didn't have any role models in my life around me. Everyone Mm -hmm. around me were were doing, they were doing things I knew I didn't want to do as Mm -hmm. an adult. And so for me, it was like, okay, who can I look up to? And it really was either... Uh, like 50s musicians, like 1950s artists, because I was obsessed with uh, oldies at the time, or Martin Luther King and and basketball. I was obsessed with basketball too. Hell so yeah. I really looked into <laughs> I, I I like truly like like I I became obsessed like obsessed with basketball, obsessed with civil rights, and obsessed with music and those three things have never left me, I guess. And those things like intertwine, we said it last episode, we're like the NBA, they're kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to, you know, social injustices and whatnot. So yeah. that's very oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, speaking of basketball, not, not to get too like, um, but you're, you're a, I, wanna, I was going to say Sacramento King fan, but you're actually a fan of the Golden State Warriors, correct? Yes, wow, that's uh, um, amazing that you know that. Um, <laughs> Kevin Durant just got diagnosed with uh, I Corona. Know. Uh, that blew. I know. That was like hours like, he's before. He's one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like blown away. Like him and three other net players. Yeah, they haven't announced the other ones, but like I was like tripping out. I, I like these are like people that like just watch. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm just this is a fan. I'm just like admiring. I'm like wow. Like we just had our first we're in bakersfield california and we just had our first case today where Mm -hmm. it was like oh it just kind of creates like this panic and anxiety in the whole town and like Mm -hmm. i don't know it's like different worlds because i feel like bakersfield (laughs) is like kind of a part of like california is a very you know progressive state but uh bakersfield is kind of like this wormhole out in the middle of nowhere where it's like we're kind of behind on (laughs) on everything so um you would see that like out in public um I reference, you know, you run into people at the store and very arrogant. Well, I'm not worried about that Corona. That's like a bear. You just put a lime <laughs> in it, right? And then all of a sudden today, um, you know, I had to, you know, run a few errands, you know, and I'd run into people I know. And then, you know, they the news caught on that, you know, hey, we Kern County got their first, you know, Corona, you know, victim, I could say. And, you know, you just see the total change, like in demeanor, that arrogance kind of washes away. And it's kind of yeah. like when Rudy Gobert, I mean, I referenced it last episode oh, yeah. where it was just like there was an America before Rudy Gobert and literally America right after Rudy Gobert. Like everything just completely shut down. There was no more, oh, that's just a problem in Italy. That's just a problem in Iran. That's just a problem in China. You know, that's something right. we don't have to worry about. But nope, it's just like 9-11. This, this shit can touch us too. 
Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I remember those 24 hours, everything changed. Like, as Mm -hmm. soon as the NBA shut down, I feel like everyone took it seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, this is this is some serious situations going down but it was wild how i've honestly been following the coronavirus i don't know since december january mm-hmm. and i actually had to delete my twitter app because it was giving me so much anxiety even back then like yeah. i wanted to be informed but i was also like there was a part of me that was like okay this is on my radar but it's it's just happening over there you know mm-hmm. and then And then I started, you know, researching it more and and really, I don't know. I I just felt like, okay, this is going to be a serious, Mm -hmm. serious thing. And then once the NBA shut down, it was like, okay, everyone, everyone's like understanding now Mm -hmm. or starting to. Because it's like one of those things where um, Americans were were so distracted by everything. I have uh, relatives up in Canada and I mean, they're kind of like our little brothers, but you know, I have relatives that we talk to and they always say like, you know, you guys down there, you guys are, you know, very distracted with your Kardashians, very distracted, you know, with like all of, you know, your entertainment, your sports and whatnot, where it's just like, you guys don't know what's going on in the world. And, you know, something can just come up and bite you. And I feel like this is what it is. And mm-hmm. the the silver lining, you know, with, you know, it's unfortunate that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, you know, and now Kevin Durant, yeah. you know, got, you know, the Corona, but, um, and I heard something too. Maybe Charles Barkley might have it too. Yeah, he's been in quarantine. They haven't updated us yeah. on him. He's, Whoa! He's like, That's I'm gonna crazy. get as many donuts as possible from Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's terrible, but um, it, it's almost like okay, this takes away that distraction um, in a mm-hmm. way. And I referenced it last episode too. I'm I'm a pro wrestling fan, and you know I watch UFC as well. And it's one of those sobering things. Like, yeah, those things you know, are still going on, you know, with WWE, they're still running shows and, um, you know, the UFC still, but they're doing it without an audience. And even when you go to look for that distraction, there's still that reminder, oh, there's no audience there, you know, with a sport that, two sports that rely heavily on audience interaction. So I think that it's just removing that distraction that we all have. And it makes us, it forces us to look at the actual problem where, you know, healthy individuals like myself are in, yourself as well you probably are not going to die from this disease but you can become a carrier of this disease and it can affect somebody's mom somebody's grandma somebody's you know other other relative with pre-existing you know health conditions and that's 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 a fucked up thing about this disease it's so scary it's like the first time where we really are relying on each other Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I've been trying to convey to everyone I know, you know, like everyone, my brothers, my friends, just like, all right, even if you feel all right, you don't, you might be, we might all have it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've been telling everyone to act as if you do have it because we have to stop it. And that's the only way that it's going to stop is if we, we really adhere to, you know, self quarantine and, it, it's it's wild like it still doesn't feel real i wake up every day like hold on was that just like a weird dream like yeah. it, it feels like a weird movie it's like it's just really really intense but i do think um there is a part of me because of i'm very hard on myself i 
need to be constantly working. I need to be productive. It helps with my mental health. It just helps. That's just who I am. Like, if you know me, I cannot sit still. Like, that is not, <laughs> that is not me. I'm the same this way. Is, right. And this is forcing me to and forcing every one of us to. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I finally don't feel guilty for for not going so hard like I finally don't feel that immense guilt and that pressure that I put on myself because there's nowhere for me to go (laughs) and uh it's a weird feeling like it's very new for me Mm -hmm. so um speaking of that um to not to be so uh dark here on this podcast uh, what what are what are some things i mean because i know you're not you're probably not just sitting there in an armchair you know watching daytime television the judge judy or whatever but uh, (laughs) so what are you actively doing you know during the day self-quarantine um you know i am a person that needs a routine otherwise i do i would go crazy so far my mental health has been good i feel good because i've been really focused on on writing down a routine. So in the morning I wake up, I check my emails, I do some email work. I um, just bought a music interface so that I could work on music out here because I'm in Sacramento right now. Um, I work out. That's something that's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I like, I would go to the gym every morning. So now it's like, okay, I, that's a huge adjustment. So, mm-hmm. um, and Honestly, I'm just looking forward to working on projects that I that I haven't had time for. Like, it's really wild. Like, the world literally is on pause. And in the past, I'd always wish, like, God, I wish I had, like, a few more hours in the day so I could, you know, start this project or finish this project. And now it's like, oh, damn, like, I do. There like, we go. all do. So I feel uh, I've really just been trying to kind of hone in on, like, all right, I'm going to write down my projects that I want to work on and just be as creative as possible. Cause I, um, I think TV is death to me. <laughs> it's always, <laughs> it's always like, I, I cannot, I drive my partner crazy because I, I really can't sit down and watch TV. Like there's something <laughs> about, I don't know if it's like the commercials or I, I don't know what it is, but it makes me physically sick. Like I could watch a movie sometimes, but I really have to be like, all right, I'm shutting down. I'll watch this movie. I have to like really commit. Um, so for me, instead of watching a lot of stuff, it's I'll read books or or I'm like, all right, I'm going to create the most I have ever created. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> That's see. awesome. It, it has been like such a weird time right now. Like I've had Netflix, you know, on my phone and on like every app I have. And I just realized like I don't really watch Netflix that much mm-hmm. until recently when I was like, okay, let's see what terrible – tv shows are on there <laughs> but it, it's such a strange time like i went i tried going for a jog this morning and i was like it just felt like everything was dead there was no one out there mm-hmm. and i was like it felt weird it felt like very like apocalyptic like where i was like <laughs> oh geez i know like you were saying like i i'm a person that has to go to the gym as well and a couple of my friends um they posted earlier this morning like oh the gym's closed down like they're they're they they're, they shut the doors like at four in the morning and so you just see like all these people starting to get creative because that that that's like an endorphin hit. It's like almost like a drug. Oh, yeah. Like you need like that physical physical stimuli. And then not only that, just like the social aspect of it. Like oh, there's that old guy that always waves hi to me. Like I need. Sometimes you just <laughs> yeah. need that, you know. And then like when that's missing, you're just like puts you in an awkward mood. And like that's where I've been as well. Where it's just like okay, my endorphin hit. I haven't got it yet. 
And then yeah. like, it's just like, oh man, I hope that old guy is doing all right. I didn't get to say <laughs> hi to him today. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just one of those weird things. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, it's something that like, I'm really trying to, the first couple of days, I just felt really unmotivated. Mm-hmm. And that was weird. That was a new feeling for me. But I think I was more just in shock. Mm-hmm. And today was the first day where I was like, okay, I'm getting, I'm doing shit. Like I'm doing, I'm doing something like I'm working out. I'm, I'm getting my routine down and it feels amazing. And so I definitely, um, suggest it for sure i've been telling everyone like get a routine like just oh yeah whatever that routine looks like just stick to it because it at least helps make it normalizes a little bit of this mm-hmm. weirdness How, just you know switching topics a little bit are, are you working on any obviously right now everything seems like it's on hold but is there any more uh rituals of mind music coming out i know you guys just put out an ep not that long ago but you yeah, guys we haven't... have a whole album done, oh. which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll be coming out this year, actually. Sweet. Um, and I've honestly, I'm already working on LP3. Like, nice. during this downtime, I'm like, why not? So we've been working so far, like, on a song a day, kind of. Wow. Um, which has been pretty cool. Like, it's been, it's funny because my producer and I, he used to live in Florida. And so we were used to working apart anyways. So this is not new territory for us. And, and actually it's kind of my comfort zone where we'll send each other ideas back and forth. And so um, he lives in LA now, but you know, obviously we can't see each other. So it's just, it kind of feels uh, nostalgic in a way of like going back to this process. So nice. it, it's been fun. Uh, what about tours? I, I saw you guys open up for Deftones a couple of years ago, and I was like, dang, this is like the fucking, like, I was there with my sister, and we were, like, both blown away, like, how amazing, like, you just put yourself, it seems like you put yourself through, like, every single word that you're singing, so, like, it's just, like, you're just oozing out passion, like, with every <laughs> every song you performed, but do you guys have any tours coming up? Or any, obviously, not right now, because it doesn't look like anyone's touring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we did, we had... We had to cancel um, a couple of festival dates and some one-off dates this month and next month. Uh, but I'm hoping by June, uh, we have we have a show in May. I don't know how that's going to go down. But uh, June, we have some more dates. And then definitely in the fall, like starting September, October, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we're just like on the road constantly because mm-hmm. that's when uh, hopefully we'll be releasing new music. So um touring honestly is where i feel most complete and most normal like the most purpose um i feel like so fulfilled on tour so i'm really hoping we can go back to it what's been uh one of your favorite tours i know you guys have been on tour with garbage and, and deftones two bands that i both really love but and i'm not saying yeah. pick one of those two but i'm just saying like of all the tours <laughs> you've been <laughs> uh I, I i mean i love every band that we've toured with quite honestly um chino is is a friend and like honestly i grew up on deftones i mean i you know coming from the same area sacramento like really really looked up to chino i always have and um so that tour was incredible and they're amazing people but i think my favorite tour was uh touring with garbage it was the first time that we ever toured with a woman-led project and that that was huge for me like just to feel some kind of solidarity um also the garbage 
crew is just like they're some of the most loveliest humans I've ever met and like they have zero egos and they're so real and they're so sweet like they would apologize when they would come into our green room and wanting like wanting to hang out with us and I'm just like what is <laughs> happening and their fans were incredible um and playing to you know massive crowds thousands of people every single night was wild so I would probably have to say that tour um, just because it was a full national tour and like it literally felt like a dream. Like every single night felt like a dream. I bet. I mean, that's they're legendary and like Mm -hmm. not just, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Butch. So like every album that he's produced. So that would have been like crazy to me. So that's cool. Yeah, I would have been in his green room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have just been taking we notes were. like, oh, man, everything you do is amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that was the thing is like I felt like every every night was like a lesson. Like we were learning so much from these legends and they had zero ego. They were so eager to teach us. And like Butch was so sweet. And he was one of the folks who would come in, him and Shirley. They would both come into our green rooms every wow. single night. And like want to hang out and and not just like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like wanting to hang out, wanting to get to know us and our lives and our backgrounds. And it was just wild to me that they even knew our names. That's sweet. Yeah. Like when they actually have like a genuine uh, like human um, connection yeah. to it's not just like business and whatnot. Yeah, that, right. that must feel great. Like I can only imagine like if James Hetfield, you know, walked into this podcast room right now, <laughs> <laughs> just like asking me about my kid or something like that. Like I'd be like, Oh God, James, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so one quick thing, this it just kind of popped into my mind. You're very well-spoken. You seem to be very intelligent. You're very politically active. Would you ever consider running for any kind of office or anything like that? That's so funny that you say that because I had never thought about it. Like that, ne- that thought never crossed my mind. And it, it was actually, I was presenting, this is what it feels like at the Democratic Convention. And a couple of representatives came up to me and gave me their business cards. And they, they were like, if you ever consider running, we want to help you. Mm-hmm. We, like, we, we need people like you. And I was just like in shock because... I come from such a poor neighborhood where like no one, no one did that, you know, like yeah. no one, that wasn't even like a real thing. Like that, like politics was never discussed in my family and, you know, no one was really educated on that front. And so it was just like a very far away, like that's not for us. Politics aren't for us. But as I get older, I, you know, I don't know. I I truly do feel like one day I probably will just because I am such a passionate person when it comes to other people and communities. And I don't know. I think that that would probably be the most fulfilling thing ever. I I definitely think like if I'm lucky enough, I want to be creative as much as possible right now, create as much content and, and art that I can. And then in my late 40s, maybe go run for something. I don't know. But right now, at least for a decade, I just want to create a ton of art. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're definitely the type of person that I think most people, we're in California, so we're pretty liberal, but um, (laughs) most people would, you know, want to see, you know, their elected elected official be like. Mm. Um, One other thing, you know, we, um, we're talking about how everything right now feels so real with the surreal with the coronavirus and, 
I personally believe it's because we have really like shitty leadership right now in office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and sure. like, you know, Donald Trump just, re- you know, I think it was last Wednesday he did that press conference, kind of sent a lot of people into a panic. And I feel like ever since then he's like, he's just kind of keeps sending people down these further panics. And it just, mm-hmm. it really bothers me. And like, I, I, I just kind of have like such a disgust for like, for those type of politicians. So like it would be such a, breath of fresh air if someone like you you know we see you know i know a lot of people love bernie sanders in california i think because he's so honest about you know his passion and, and his beliefs that i think it is very refreshing to hear someone speak like that and um yeah absolutely i think that's what most people want to want to not hear but like want to see want to mm-hmm. somebody take the bull by the horns instead of you know like business as usual or mm-hmm. you know pandering to because that's what i feel like it is it's just a lot of politicians who like to be led by you know their corporate sponsors if you will and that's where i feel like it is right now because again to reference um that teacher that influenced both art and i like she posted um everything that donald trump has said since january about you know the coronavirus and how oh we we got it totally contained like it's not gonna be no big deal it's you know everything is just like we're teflon don here and now like it's just like like (laughs) cold red right now like <laughs> i think that's a mountain dew flavor but you know and uh i feel like rudy gobert has done more to inform people of the coronavirus <laughs> yeah. than donald trump has which is so sad like yeah. how did we get to this point where like the nba is doing more than the president <laughs> of the united states yeah it's sad it is, it is so it makes me so sick every single time i listen to him speak and it's so disheartening how you know, he's gone from, oh, the coronavirus is a hoax, it's not real, to we have this under tremendous control, to holy shit, I don't know, like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. It's just so, there's been zero leadership, and this administration absolutely is just such a joke. Mm-hmm. And so I do think, um, I mean, anyone <laughs> would be better than him, but I do think, like, yeah, like, I think that's what would if I were to ever get into politics, it would be to beat that, mm-hmm. you know, to to defeat anyone and and everyone who would remotely follow Trump's footsteps. That would absolutely be the reason I would run, want to run just to help people and to actually represent the folks in in my community. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's super important. And, and again, that would just be another platform to help other people. So that would be the ultimate platform. So I, I definitely am inspired. And that's always been in the back of my mind ever since I presented at the convention, because it actually made me feel like, oh, like I could actually possibly do this. And why would I want to do this? Like to help other people. And mm-hmm. one of my friends, actually longtime friend, is running for um, city council in Sacramento and just like talking to her and kind of seeing how her campaign is going. I'm just like, this is the most inspiring shit I've, I've ever been around. It's um, exciting to fight for what you know is right. Like undeniably right. Like, I don't know. There's nothing like it. I feel that. And one, one other thing, like just, to see like a woman doing this is like I have a I have a little niece right and like, um, I feel like there's not a lot of role models like there there are now but you know, 
I think my sisters are also very great role models. They're, you know, they're not super involved in politics. One of them, like, might, I can see her running for office one day just because she seems to really, you know, run Gravity, the game, yeah. run the game here in Bakersfield. And I love that. I love that about my sister. And we, you know, we came from East Bakersfield, which is like, I wouldn't say the poorest side of town, but it's, it's the hood. Right. And mm-hmm. to yeah. have my sister in that position and like now, you know, my family's, I wouldn't say we're well off, but you know, we're, we're not in that same situation that we used to be to have my little niece who is four years old now to have these role models to look up to, you know, in my own family and to, to hear people like you just being so like outspoken, it, it just, it gives me a lot of optimism that I think the world needs right now. You know, mm-hmm. because I don't think we're getting that from our leaders right now. I, I hate the fact that, like, Donald Trump is even a thing right now. I, I don't mm-hmm. want my niece or nephew to, like, learn <laughs> any lessons from <laughs> from this right now. So thank you. I just, this is a personal thank you. Thank you for being so outspoken and, and doing what you do. Oh, God. I mean, seriously, thank you. That means a lot. And it, it just reaffirms, like, I don't know that I'll keep doing it, you know, like hearing that kind of feedback really just makes me realize like, okay, I'm on the right path. Like I'm going to continue this. And I think honestly, I feel like because we have such a lack of leadership right now, it really does depend on all of us coming together and staying as positive as possible and trying, despite how bleak it all seems, trying to find the silver lining, like, I look at this as an opportunity to hopefully shed some light. I mean, one aspect of this is shed some light on artists and how hard it is to be a creative person Mm -hmm. in this society. And I really, truly hope that if anything comes out of this, we treat our artists better and we treat our creatives and our freelancers better because so many of my friends are out of work they don't know how they're going to pay their rent. They don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they have zero income right now. Mm-hmm. And that's unacceptable to me. Like, we have to treat our creatives and our artists better. Because, you know, I was thinking about this and I've been thinking about this. Like, every single one of us on this planet consumes art in some way. But we never think about the artists behind that art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, some of us do for sure. And some of us do support it. But so many of us don't. And I just... I'm trying really hard to believe that that will be one of the lessons we learn from this terrible experience is, you know, seeing just how, and not just artists, you know, homeless folks, uh, you know, poor, poor folks. Like I'm really, really hoping we see this as an opportunity to really create some drastic change within the systems. Um, because this sheds light on it. You know, mm-hmm. the coronavirus is, is really shedding light on a lot of, a lot of um, negative situations that I think if you, you know, to a lot of us, we've seen these, you know, negative situations, but I think it's shedding light for the whole majority to see, like, this is undeniable to see that there's people on the streets now mm-hmm. that are vulnerable. And so I think um, this situation is going to shed a lot of light on communities and i can only hope and this is the optimist in me is that it changes shit for the better mm-hmm. so I, that's what i'm banking on like i have to yeah yeah i mean <laughs> you said it best right there it's one of those things um one of the things that kept rattling in my head like i said you know when you you 
when I go out into public, like I said, Bakersfield is kind of like a wormhole and, you know, uh, uh, progressive California where it's very conservative out here. And so you get like a lot of conservative feedback and, you know, I'm always like art had to ring me in a, a, a few times, like on, um, social media. Cause like I will engage with people and tell them like, Oh, you know, that's <laughs> not correct and whatnot. And it just, it binged in my head right now. Cause I've been in, you know, several bands and, you know, I've been a part of a lot of creative things that, you know, were very fruitless, but I put a lot of heart and soul into it. Even this podcast, like I spent hours and hours and hours in it, you know, you know, just editing or, you know, setting up equipment and, or researching like how to do this or that better, you know, all for fruit, you know, there's no monetary gain in it, but it's just, you know, to create, you know, just to get that yeah. creative outlet out, even to the point where my girlfriend gets pissed off at me, <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> It's one of those things where, you know, the conservative mindset um, that you'll hear from people that, you know, they equate, you know, rich people with, oh, they're smart or they're hardworking, where it's just yeah. like they, they don't realize that, you know, I, I get, like I said, this podcast, we Art and I are not getting rich off doing this, but, you know, we're right up there sometimes on, you know, when we will drop an episode or whatnot with people that, you know, will make a million dollars a year off of their podcast and whatnot. And it's, we're working harder than those individuals because you know they're they're hiring a staff to do what you know basically two guys are doing you know and just like what you were saying like you 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 have a schedule you're working hard you can never rest but you know just because of one you know pandemic these hard-working people people that are busting their ass and arts full mexican i'm half mexican we have relatives you know that have you know broken their backs out in the fields you know one of my relatives, you know, they got skin cancer from, you know, working out in the fields and just working for meat pennies, basically, to provide food for America's table. And that's what I kept thinking of right there. It's just like, oh, these artists are, you know, busting their ass just to provide joy, you know, everyday joy to people every single day. But when it's time, you know, times are tough as of right now, like where, where's their joy? Like what what's yeah. the return on that? You know, and that's, one thing you know if somebody takes away for i guess from this episode i guess you could say it's just like hey you know the people that provide you with a joy like hey make sure you know there there's a receipt on that you know it comes back you know and you see a lot like i follow a lot of comedians and you know everything you know in la and you know even here locally you know the a lot of their messages is like hey you know just go to their you know their merch shop you know buy a shirt buy you know, you know, contribute to their Patreon or, you know, do something because, you know, that's not just, you know, them, you know, Scrooge McDucking it, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) diving into a, you know, a pool of, you know, gold coins or whatnot, but like, you know, Hey, that's one of our, um, fellow podcasts on the Podbelly network, you know, that's their rent, you know, that's, you know, that's their electric bill, you know, that's, you know, milk, you know, or bread, basic, basic necessities. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I, it's so funny to me how people who aren't artists, they have this romanticized version of what it is to be an artist. And I have to constantly correct folks who think, wow, you have almost a million streams on Spotify. That must mean it something. And I'm like, no, no, like, <laughs> no, it doesn't mean anything. Like, if you really want to support me, you know, go to my band camp or go to my Patreon or go, go on my merch shop. Like, mm-hmm. it's so important that, And again, this is what I'm hoping this situation sheds some light on is like the real the real ways in which artists are not supported and the real ways in which you can support artists like Mm -hmm. Bandcamp today just announced that on on uh, 
Friday, they're going to waive all of their revenue shares. So every single purchase is going to go directly to that artist. And uh-huh. I think it's so important that more companies like that step up and, and, and do that because, you know, one day could pay someone's rent, you know, mm-hmm. if you're so, yeah, just, I don't know, maybe you guys are inspiring me. Maybe I'll just like quit everything and go <laughs> run for office. <laughs> Get a pantsuit tomorrow. Come on, go to. Yeah. <laughs> You'll win. I guarantee it. <laughs> Just go to Kohl's right now. Put a suit together. Um, you you actually had a podcast. I don't. You don't do it anymore, right? Are you doing it? I don't. I know you I'm had a podcast. Actually, I'm actually starting it back up. That's funny that you bring it up. Is mm-hmm. it? It was something. I started this podcast, Side Side Hustle, back in 2016, and it was all about. Uh, the realities that creatives face in, in today's society. And so um, I did five episodes and people like it really resonated. It was crazy. Like we had over, I say we, it was really, it was just me. I didn't know how to do a podcast. I didn't know how to edit. I I learned as I went and it was crazy. It was like, I think the first couple episodes I spent like 18 hours just editing uh, the audio and, and, you know, trying to get it to sound good. But mm-hmm. I think the first episode we had over 30,000 folks tune wow. in and download and like, it was wild. Um, but then I got signed to Warner brothers and that was overwhelming. And so I, um, and also my dad passed away and my best friend passed away all within like six months. And so anyways, I got overwhelmed to say the least. Um, but radio and podcasts, like have always been a huge passion of mine and um you know just speaking to folks like just hearing their stories and so i'm actually going to bring it back and i'm i think i'm going to take this time as like the time to start it back up uh, yeah do it please you have the voice for it for <laughs> sure yeah for sure i almost want to fire art and just be like hey do you want to make this the terror jacob i'm out of here <laughs> no i'm kidding i can't <laughs> um but yeah i mean that I resonate so much with that. Like you said, like 18 hours, like when Art and I did this podcast initially, like it was such a, Oh, it was all trial and error. Oh, we were like God. literally oh, yeah. sitting in a, in a living room with one microphone, like pushing buttons on a computer, having no idea what we were doing. Yeah. We got really <laughs> close. Let's just say that <laughs> we were like on top of each other. My AC was out it, in the Bakersfield summer is like 106 degrees. Like, Oh gosh. I have leather couches. I now know what Art's BO yeah. smells like. He knows yeah. what mine smells like. And it, it's it was really weird times. Like looking mm. back at it now, it's like if somebody would have told me like, Oh yeah, don't worry, you'll have a sponsor and like you'll be part of the network on Podbelly and I would have been like, That's crazy. Like that's that's not possible. Like we'll talk to rock stars one yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was funny. But um I I I definitely have to do that. And if anything um, you'd have to come on here a lot more too, because we enjoy having you on. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I mean, I love this. So anytime, I, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having a message. Thank you for being inspiring to us, to the younger generation. What's the younger generation called? Like generation, the Pepsi generation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the younger generation is called. What's after millennial? I don't know. Um, super millennial. Whatever my niece is. So, uh, Kamea, Kamea. What is a fucking uh, Dragon super, Ball Z? Super I Saiyan I millennials. I don't know. Um. Anyways, point is, thank you for coming on. Thank you for you know sharing your experiences as as a creative, as a as 
I was gonna say as a politician, you're kind of are. You're kind of getting there. I hope you do run. <laughs> I totally have my I support. I probably will. You guys have really inspired me. So hell yeah, I'll send you some pantsuit links and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and DMs and whatnot. So um, is there anything else you want to you know put out there um, that we haven't touched on yet? No, I mean I think this was awesome. I feel you know again, just thank you for having me. I, it especially in these weird times, like just connecting mm-hmm. with folks is super important. So. Um, it's definitely lightened my mood and made me feel a bit more positive. So seriously, thank you guys so much. No problem, man. Anytime you want to come on and then, um, where, where can, um, our millions and millions of (laughs) followers, (laughs) our tens and tens of followers, where, where can they, um, find you at, um, on social media Uh, and all that? Rituals of mine were, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere um under the handle rituals of mine or go to rituals of mine.com and then what what about like if they want to help support you directly like what would give you guys the most support honestly our band camp would be amazing uh the money would go directly to us so you can just search rituals of mine on band camp or go to our merch shop on the website um we have like really really dope merch and i can say that just because like i didn't design it so it it is really (laughs) dope like i wear i wear our own merch just because i love the design so much so i hate that i hate that like by the way my me and my friend greg we always get into it like he thinks that is like the worst thing like when somebody wears their own (laughs) merch i'm like fuck that like if you if it looks dope as shit like rock that shit i want to see pit stains in that shit come on man walking around with an art and jacob do america podcast coffee mug <laughs> i'm like just like throwing in people's faces now like yes this is the coffee mug of my podcast <laughs> i mean i feel like you have to rep yourself more than anyone else is gonna rep you first right so. yeah it's taken me a while to embrace that but now i fully have hell so. yeah i'm glad you did man that makes me happy thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for coming on it's been a pleasure we've probably taken up a lot of your time of your <laughs> yeah, quarantine. Great. Time. Thank you. <laughs> well, you have a good night. Have a good night. Take care. Thank you Wash both. your hands. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Boom. And another great interview. Great right? interview, man. Yeah. I feel like we're on a roll with great interviewees. Is that what the the term? We're the interviewees. They're the no, we're the interviewer, they're the interviewee. Yes, yeah, you're yeah. correct. Yes. So yeah, man. Jeez amazing like honestly feel inspired right now yeah it makes me because like i was referencing it earlier um i follow a lot of comedians um online even um friend of the show satin shirin you know he's an artist that's what he does you know he just creates you know beautiful you know works of art and it's one of those things like you keep seeing it like hey like if you really want to support artists during this time you know like hey hit up their patreon hit, hit up their you know their merch stores and whatnot because i mean these are people they're literally that are starving artists, you know. Um, I have to go to back to my job on Thursday, so I mean it's not as important for you to go to our Patreon and whatnot. It exists and whatnot, but I would say for this episode at least, um, you know, I would say, hey, make sure you support us at RT Public and whatnot. I mean, you still can. We got some dope merch, but um, <laughs> I would just say, like, hey, you know, make sure you know whatever your favorite artist is, whether it's fucking ACDC or fucking you know. Um, Jerry's Pizza's fucking band of the week or whatever, you know, like d- help support them because, you know, those are the people 
that are going to bring joy to your to your heart and in return you might just return the favor you know it's just it's just like when people buy the what was it like uh the pay it forward kind of thing the starbucks thing like where they pay for whoever's buying oh, yeah, them yeah, shit. Yeah. just think of it like that you know and just we all have a social contract and these are like i said the, again i'm gonna harp on it these are people bringing joy and positivity to the world and, especially artists that are making dope music like Rituals of Mine, like, that shit's dope. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not even joking. Like, live performance-wise, to have, like, you know, I saw them open up for Deftones, and, like, to to see them go from from Deftones to this, it was, like, I didn't want to say, like, they put Deftones to shame, because Deftones is amazing. Like, I love Deftones. By far, For the record, band. it's well-documented that art is... I am biased towards Deftones. I don't think anyone's going to top that. Yeah, when people but, think of Deftones, they think of Art Trejo. Let's just put it that way. But... Rituals of Mine did their thing. Mm-hmm. And like that shit was dope. So just saying. <laughs> you gotta support amazing artists. Yeah. And so. like, you know, whether it be Rituals of Mine, whether it be RX Bandits and Sounds of Mountains Fighting, whether it be I'm trying to think of all the other bands that we've had on here. Uh The Donnie, Locusts. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Crosses. Like all those bands that we've had on here. That's like Silver Snake. Silver Snakes, yeah. Like just support them because they're, you know. I, it must seem luxurious to to have your name on things and like be a celebrity, but being a celebrity don't pay the bills. Mm. So, just saying. Yep. So that said, Art, do you have anything else this week? That's it. Tell your mama your booba too. Shout out Elizabeth Jackman. Shout out Elizabeth Warren. Is that starting to get uh, um, outdated? The, the <laughs> Elizabeth Warren part. Yeah, you know, it's kind of an inside joke to my in my own mind now. Okay, <laughs> that's why I keep doing it. <laughs> Somebody like hit me up the other day. They're just like, they, he he knows that she's out of the race, right? And I'm like, well, I've been doing it before there was a race. Yeah. So, so I just I wanted to ask that question directly because I was like, legitimately, I didn't have an answer. So I love Bernie, but I also love Elizabeth Warren's politics. So yeah. So. Ugh, we might have to have Biden. I don't know. That motherfucker just won Florida. I just got the alert in live time like on here. But with that said, everybody, um, I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you're self-quarantining, um, God damn it. I don't even know if I'm making up words at this time. But if you're self, uh, in self-quarantine, if you're in self-quarantine, people, you know, do, do something it's, productive. And you should be in self-quarantine. Don't fucking be a hero. Don't try to go to the mall right now. Don't do dumb shit. There's a lot of comedians that are live streaming their like sets right now. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Dave Ross. Dave Ross is gonna do a live set of like everybody at the comedy store is gonna do a thing on Thursday, this Thursday, two days from now. So shout out to everyone at the comedy store that's gonna do it just to keep people at home. I oh, mean Jeff Ross? No, no, this is Dave Ross. Oh, okay. Different guy. So he's doing something there and it's just like just shout out to them. Shout out to every musician that's doing live streams of them performing live. Code Orange at that empty arena. Thing. It was badass. So just stay home, find cool shit to watch online, do some sit-ups, <laughs> do some push-ups, get your cardio on, do something creative. Um, that, like she was saying, she's like writing a song a day. Like I, I was like, holy shit! Like I remember being in a band and we only had one song for like a month. So <laughs> one song a month. Yeah. So I thought we were being productive at that. So um, yeah, just do something productive if you need to take your mind off it because the Corona shit's everywhere. So you need maybe just a little bit of a distraction. So. With that said, everybody, have a good night. Good night.